there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my words in I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, the English Standard Version. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another week of the Balm and Gilead podcast. I'm Grant Baker, and my co-host Brian is sitting uh, in his home at uh, his new New, or uh, not quite. Not quite new home. It's still my old home. Still, still the old home. Uh, uh, they're in 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 the Missouri's. Yes. So South, very exciting. South Missouri. How are you? How, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. Uh, we'll good. get good. more into that in just a, a little bit. But uh, yeah, let's get into some uh, some interesting some follow up. Okay. Um. So we just checked. Lauren Daigle's "You Say" is still number one. Still number one for the for the hundred and ninth week in a row. Hundred and ninth week, not necessarily in a row. I think it might be, but at least practically. Practically, um, I think I, I think uh, I think a song might have snuck in there. No, yeah, because there's a there is a um, Kanye song that snuck in there for like one week and then dropped off oh, the face of the earth. Yeah, well. That's too bad. Kind of like his presidency. Kind of like I'm... his presidency. Pres- yeah, I was getting there. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, we we kid about Lauren Daigle a lot, but uh, have you noticed that there was Jesus, Zach Williams, and Dolly Parton mm-hmm. uh, are still at number two, and yeah. they've been at number two for like 42 weeks. Yeah, something or like that. Or they've been on the charts been on the charts for 42 for, weeks. Yeah, which is 10 weeks away from a year. Yeah. So Christian music is pretty solid. So I don't know if you saw this, but number three actually also has been number three for a number of weeks. Um, it is Who You Are to Me, Chris Tomlin, featuring Lady A, uh, formerly known as Lady Antebellum. And they've hey, been on the hey, chart hey, for hey, 18 hey, weeks. Hey, that's racist, what? man. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I would like to apologize to all those who were offended. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're, you're welcome. 
Yeah. So yeah. So those those three songs they've been they've been the top three for for a bit. Um, for a bit. For a bit. And you know, I read a really interesting article the other day. Um, actually, I you could probably even say that I wrote a really interesting article the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a little bit. That more would be a little more accurate. Accurate. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as as you all know, I have my own satire website called The Bomb of Galahad. And I have not written very much in it uh, because after you get like the first two or three really cool ideas out and then into the open, you kind of run out of them really fast if, if you, if you <laughs> on top of it. But uh, I was, uh, we were kicking around some ideas a week or so ago, and then we came up with some stuff that was kind of, kind of, kind of all right, but not like great. Like it would have just been like churning something out just to do it, and then. I had this revelation and uh, I, I knocked this thing out in like an hour. So it's that good. Um, hey, you got it. Yeah. You, you just know when it's good, it's good. When it's good. It's good. It took me a little bit like the last sentence kind of like I had to sit with for a little bit, but the rest of it like just really poured out. But the article is uh, billboard moves. You say to the newly created number zero position. <laughs> which is just all sorts of inside jokes with this podcast and everything. I, I, I was really happy with this one. Um, in an unprecedented turn of events, Lauren Daigle's song, You Say, has held the number one position on Billboard's hot Christian charts for more than two years. The current record for Billboard's hot 100 songs is Lil Nas X's Old Town Road, which has topped the chart for only 17 weeks. While some would argue that this disparity is indicative that the competition for Christian music is not as vast as in non-Christian music, leaders in the CCM industry have been vocal that Daigle's You Say is simply the best song ever written. (laughs) We tried to sneak in Dolly Parton and Lady A, said songwriter and producer Jonathan Smith, but it appears that You Say cannot be overthrown. CCM has peaked as an industry. (laughs) In response to the situation, Billboard has changed the Hot Christian chart so that it begins with a number zero position as opposed to the traditional number one position. This will open up the number one position for future competitive songs while allowing the You Say phenomenon to stand firm. Ironically, that may not be true. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When Daigle was asked about this change, she responded, I can't say that I ever saw this coming. I can't even say that I'm honored or offended. The truth is I I don't really know what to say. Um, It's, it's uncertain. It's uncertain what, what billboard will do once another song passes, you say, but it is a general consensus that it will take a significant reformation of CCM before another song will better represent the theology of the average listener. (laughs) Oh man. Only like 1% of that article is, is fake news. (laughs) <laughs> as we pointed out on our slack channel uh it was pointed out to us uh by uh chris seahorn i think uh making another appearance over there great to see you over there if you want to join us on slack please do go to slack.techreformation.com and sign up with your email address and we'll send you an email or the computers will send you an email uh you'll be able to set up you know, your account and then join us there on the tech reformation Slack channel where we discuss all kinds of, uh, really wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
you can discuss this show and many others uh, there. So please come and join us. So, so Chris Seahorn, he, he quoted the line, yeah, it, it will take a significant reformation of CCM before another song will better represent the theology of the average listener. And his response to that was, that line is what terrifies me. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't have it pulled up. Yeah. I, I remember he had said something, but th- yeah, that's, oh man, yeah, David, so perfect. Dr. David Latchett, he, he quoted the CCM has peaked as an industry and his response was, <laughs> no lie detected. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah and so there there actually is a a songwriter producer named jonathan smith that uh he probably has a has a writing credit on there was jesus i haven't looked that one up but uh i went to high school with him and he's the only name that i know uh that works in nashville as a songwriter so i just use his i'm sure i'm sure he doesn't care um probably not <laughs> but just so that everyone knows there actually is a guy that i was referencing that's that's a real person and he actually has a grammy for uh for his his uh songwriting credit on chain breaker well um yeah you're you're your friend but not mine um, yes no uh no yeah jonathan smith he i went to high school with him he's he's a he's a pretty cool guy he's uh he's just living the dream living the dream that's awesome yeah. If you also want to live the dream and write to somebody who will write you back, you have several options. You, you can do. contact the show at there is at balmcast.com. And, or you can write us some postal mail with our addresses neatly tucked into the Slack channel we mentioned before. So yeah. please use those outlets, reach out to us, tell us what you think of the show and uh, what your ideas are for your next Balmcast um, episode or your bomb of Galahad idea. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, uh, one more item of follow up. So, uh, you all know about the, the questionnaire. Uh, we've referred back to this questionnaire of uh, song discernment questions that I've been kind of working through. And, um, it's kind of had a little bit of a facelift, uh, I've been adding in some psalm model questions into it. I, I, I talked a few episodes back that, that, that this would be happening. Um, so our last major topic, we talked about lament. And so I did mm-hmm. have a, I did finalize the lament question uh, going into the psalm model. And that is, uh, does the song address God as God, bring a legitimate grievance to God rooted in the consequences of sin? and rest in the promises of God. Um, so the way that the questionnaire is kind of working into, there is going to be three major sections, the psalm model, the scripture element, and the excellence element. And uh, once we kind of work through all of these psalm model episodes, I will upload that finalized document into, the, uh, into our resources page. Um, awesome yeah we have that resources section there just for stuff like that so uh please do happy to update it so that'll be fun yeah be good all right so kind of moving forward instead of a traditional icebreaker i kind of wanted to give like a uh kind of an update on, on how i'm doing we've had some major 
kind of changes in uh, what's going on in, with me and my family, and I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of it. Um, first, I, I wanted to say that uh, this weekend is the one-year mark of uh, my daughter Kit's death. Yeah. And, uh, and so we've been doing a lot of thinking about her, a lot of uh, you know praising God for what he's done in our lives since. Uh, I, I've actually, it, it's really kind of funny, um, Bear, my, my boy, he, mm-hmm. he, I've bonded with him faster than I bonded with any of my other kids. And, uh, really? He, yeah. And, uh, and he, I believe has bonded with me faster than any of my other kids have bonded with me. Like I walk into the room and he just looks up and he just smiles really big. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful gift. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of talk about that. Um, also, uh, kind of related last night, my wife and I watched a movie. We don't watch very many movies. Uh, we usually will check something out from the library if it looks good, if we know anything about it or, you know, whatnot, but there's a movie, uh, some of you listeners may have seen it and you will probably kind of see this coming, but, uh, movie is called first man. It's about Neil Armstrong and, uh, space race and just kind of his personal life and what was going on, um, during that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, the beginning of the movie, you meet his daughter and, uh, she is very sick little girl. And, uh, very early on in the movie, she ends up passing away. Mm. And Mm. my wife and I did not realize that that was going to be in the movie. And, uh, and major themes of the movie that almost the entirety of the movie is, uh, him grieving the loss of his girl. Mm. And, uh, and I would say we, we, we considered turning the movie off like right from the get go, but we didn't. And I'm glad we didn't because it was, it was a very beautiful picture of, of the grief. And it was something that we could really relate to. And it was something like, I feel like we were able to pick up so much more from this movie because of the loss we'd been through than I think many people would be able to, to pull. So I just wanted to, to say, um, if you haven't seen this movie, I, I recommend it. Um, it's, it's very, very intense movie, but it's, uh, it's, it's very beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, something else that uh, Grant has already alluded to is <laughs> that I am moving. It's an in-town move. Uh, we're going from a 1,400-square-foot house to a 2,300-square-foot house. Uh, and it's... we. My wife and I, we had this huge like list of musts. We had another huge list of like high-wanting... High and so we had, you know, our, we must have all of these things. And then we really would like to have all, or at least almost all of these other things. And then we, you know, just had some other things on the list some desires And this house, like checks off every box. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it is fantastic. It is a beautiful house. The color is great. It's in a cove. It's got a fantastic backyard. It's got a finished basement. It's got, um, I mean, it just has the living rooms, the living space that we need, the bedrooms that we need. It's got, uh, it just has everything, it, every single item on our list. It, it checked off. And, uh, so we are, 
very thrilled about that. We're moving at the end of this month. So as we record, I'm at, we're actually recording this episode a little early. Um, it is November 5th. Hey. Hey. Remember, remember. The 5th of November. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I completely forgot. Uh, the, November 5th used to be like something I would like text all of my friends. Remember, remember on the, on the 5th of November. That was really kind of the years after V for Vendetta came out, but I am getting off track. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's the 5th of November and we aren't going to air this episode for almost a week and a half because, uh, because I'm moving on the 23rd, this episode will actually air on the 23rd. And, uh, I am probably not going to have time that weekend to record. So since I won an episode that day, we're recording it now and, uh, thinking ahead, thinking that's ahead. what we do. And so, uh, and so that said, you know, by the time that this episode airs, I will be in my new house. So, or at least I would mm-hmm. be if Lord like, willing. a few hours after this, this episode airs. And so, yeah, so we're moving and, uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, we put our house up for sale and it got sold the first day. We had three offers. That's awesome, man. Yeah. We were actually like, we were thinking about like not worrying about putting the house on the market until like we moved and that way we would have like some leisurely time. But as soon as we were under contract, our realtor was like, we're coming up on the holidays. If you don't list it now, it's not going to get sold until January. So you need to go ahead and list now. We're like, Oh, that's great. I have five kids that live in this house and we haven't done anything to get it ready, but it was fantastic. <laughs> um, and just uh, one more kind of personal uh, thing I, I want to share. And uh, I, I wasn't going to share this, but um, you know, there are some, I have some close listeners that already know this and uh some of my past stories will all of a sudden stop and I will have a hard time continuing with new stories if I don't share this but we have made the very difficult decision to uh, switch churches and uh I'm not going to get into the details of it but um you know I, I'm not going to be telling any more stories of small group with Chris and Karen because uh we're changing churches, but I would also like to be able to tell stories of my new church and, uh, and the pastor who's been really great and, um, and, uh, working in their music ministry, which is something that's going to be happening soon, getting involved. Um, it is a church plant. Uh, it's in the EPC, which in the Missouri area is not very different from the PCA as far as what the Missouri Presbytery for the EPC is it's, it's very, it's very similar. And, uh, and I, I kind of miss doing the whole church plant thing because our last church was a church plant. So it being a much smaller congregation, uh, there's much more work to be done and it's a lot harder to hide in the crowd. And, and I've always liked, I, I really liked that about the church plant life. Um, my wife's best friend locally goes to this church. They have five kids and, uh, all of my kids love their kids. It's not that they tolerate each other. It's that they 
they absolutely love each other and uh and i and i get along really well with uh with their dad so it's kind of like the dream that you have the wives are friends the husbands are friends the kids are friends and and uh so they invited us and so we are we're going there now that's awesome man i'm glad that you found a church home and karen and chris uh i think you two are probably some of our most loyal listeners uh so uh we we still like you um which i think should be obvious but um and karen we haven't forgotten about your email um we just are saving that for a little bit closer to christmas time so um we are yeah i mean like uh totally understand that uh when we moved here to oklahoma uh, just a bit over two years ago now, we spent a very long time looking for uh, a church, trying to find one. And I love my church now, but at the same time, you know, it's just like there is no church that is perfect. There is no, no church that is, um, you know, absolutely correct in, in all things. And um, it's not even that. It just like um, it, it's just really hard, you know, yeah. to find um, a decent church. And uh, you've had the fortune of being part of two. So yeah. that is a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. And happy for you. Looking forward yeah. to uh, what, what the future might hold there. Yeah. And, uh, and we're, we're really happy about the move as well. And, and I've, I spoke with the pastor at my old church and, and I feel like I've got his support with this move as well. And, and it's, I'd say that we are leaving on incredibly good terms. Uh, there were just, it was a it was a really tricky situation, and uh, as I said, I don't really want to get into the the details of it. I think sure. many people already know the details of it, and so that's it's the people that need to know know. And so, um, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, send me pictures of the new place, uh, your new house, and everything. Already, I'm already, looking forward to. I already posted you, the uh, the the realtor pictures on the Slack. Mostly, you did. mostly so that everyone would have my address. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Did you really? Yeah. You're too. How did I miss this? It might actually be tucked into a comment. Like it might be. Oh. Oh okay. yeah. I I, kinda... Yeah. There's on October nineteenth. I say we got the house, and then there's the one reply. If you click into that reply. Yes. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Okay, perfect. Good, good, good. Well, yeah. that looks nice, man. Yeah. I'll be writing you and um, making sure that you feel welcome to your new place here in a couple weeks. Yeah, we should. And I'm going to probably cut a lot of this, but we should. We should. Uh, <laughs> probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. <laughs> we should uh, have our kids be pen pals with each other. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I will, uh, you know, because uh, I was telling them, Hey, look guys, you know, we're recording tonight because the Emerson's, uh, Mr. Brian is, you know, they, this is the anniversary of Kit, Kit going away, um, to be with Jesus. And so, um, actually I think that might help them, uh, you know, kind of process things. Cause, uh, my sister-in-law died this year and yeah. we're getting set to go to her funeral uh, here at, at the end of November. And so, um, actually, you know, pen pals, uh, that's a great idea. We're, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. I don't care what they have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my third born is, has recently yeah. 
become pen pals with a girl in Australia. Nice. And I don't know if the girl is the sister or if she is a, or if she has a heart condition. Um, Mm -hmm. But my wife and and her mom kind of found each other on, on the internet, but it's like the same heart condition that kid had. Oh yeah. And so they're, they're doing um, art pen pals where they are going to draw each other pictures. Oh, that's a sweet idea. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Very cool, man. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Well, we'll make sure to uh, get that one going. Uh, and um, if you want to be pen pals with us, <laughs> we would love it. Uh, yeah. So drop, come. Drop us a uh, Calvin card. Drop us a line. <laughs> and we'll write back. Probably. probably. Uh, I have I have so far. Um, but uh, anyway. Cool, cool. All right. Let's move on beyond this awkward. All right. All right. Hey, show. Hey, show. <laughs> I, I wrote that I wrote that in our notes. Hey, show. Um, so CCM, as, as we all know, is uh, dominated with songs of praise. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the songs offer genuine or even prescribed praise. Uh, much like a banker studies real money as an effort to guard against counterfeit money, we must learn what constitutes true praise in order to better recognize what is improper. Uh, yeah. First of all, I got to say, I love that you used the um, studying the real money. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and mom both worked at a bank back you know, before my dad was a pastor and all that. And that's totally what they do. Like he's used this as a sermon illustration before. So when I saw that, I was like, yes. Yeah. And, um, and I'd say that one of my personal, like one of the things I I have done in the past, uh, with this particular like discerning thing is I want to look at all like the, I want to look at all the songs and say what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And that, that attitude is just a really, it's a really immature attitude. It's it's being really nitpicky for the sake of being nitpicky. But when we say, well, what is what is prescribed? Like what what is true praise? That way mm-hmm. we can see. That way when we see what is counterfeit, we're not we're not looking for what is false. We're we're looking for what is true. And when mm-hmm. we don't find it, then then we can, you know, we can discern that. Yeah, um, well, that's a cool way to think about it. And it helps uh, guard against. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like the hardening pride. of the heart. Yeah, pride, the hardening mm-hmm. of the heart. It 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 guards against becoming cynical, um, and uh, and it kind of gives us a, a fresh perspective. Um, so I wanted to say that it is worth noting that nearly every psalm has an element of praise in it. Uh, we we talked about Psalm eighty eight, which it doesn't, uh, and that may be one of the only ones that does not have an element of praise in it. And, uh, and so it's hard to really fully categorize what is a praise Psalm. It's a lot easier to say this part of the Psalm is praise. Um, but there are many Psalms that are purely praise and, uh, and so we're going to, when we did the lament, we, we read, whole psalms and so this time we're just going to be pulling out parts of praise from psalms 
two reasons. One, because there are parts of praise even in lament psalms. But two, my voice got really tired after reading like <laughs> 15 psalms, however many it was. So, uh, so it's a practical reason. It's a, it's a practical reason. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll 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 post these psalms in the in the show notes, and you can go back and and read them in completion if you feel like it. Uh, awesome. So the uh, the psalms they utilize praise as a structural element. I, I found this to be really interesting. Um, there are five books of the psalms, and and books one through four they end with a hymn of praise, and it's uh it's like great is the Lord from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Is is kind of like this uh, condensed version of it. And it's, it's at the end of every one of books one through four. And then the end of book five has five songs of praise. They all begin with praise the Lord. And, uh, and, and the final Psalm is, um, you know, praise him in the sanctuary, praise him with the symbols, with the loud crashing symbols, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And it's just a very high, high psalm of praise. And so I just using the idea of, of praise as a structural element was uh, was very interesting to me. Um, also, notably, uh, Psalms 113 through 118 are traditionally known as the Hallel Psalms, which Hallel means praise in Hebrew. And then... Uh, yes. Then Yah is uh, Yahweh, so Hallelujah mm-hmm. means praise to the Lord, or praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, in Hebrew, so Hebrew one hundred and one. Um, so yeah, these these six psalms are um, like they would be sung uh, at almost all of the holy days in mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. Uh, some scholars believe that when it talks about in the uh, in the Passover when Jesus the disciples saying a psalm before heading out to um to the mount of Golgotha, Olives, or mono yeah um that it was these psalms that they sang um and yeah specifically um psalm like 118 right i mean that was yeah it was probably like 116 to 118 or 114 to 118 or 115 to 118 mm-hmm. uh something along those lines like I, I i read several different things about about that but um yeah, those would be the psalms that they would have sung that night. And uh, also, uh, notably, Psalm 136 is known as the Great Hallel Psalm uh, because of its refrain for the steadfast love endures forever over mm-hmm. and over and over again in each verse. Yeah, well, in that, that um, you know, you were talking about our Hebrew lesson before, but that steadfast love, the hased is a uh, a theme that does come up quite a bit in these it's a very common reason mm-hmm. for why we are to praise the lord and i think uh yeah psalm 136 that seems like a a really really good way to uh, or a very great example of that yeah yeah and uh yeah and i, I find that one to be really a really good uh, example in that particular psalm it begins you know, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then it goes on to basically give an entire history of the Exodus uh, and just repeating mm-hmm. that line for the steadfast love endures forever. And it's it's really, it's really beautiful psalm. Um, 
So, yeah, kind of just with that as a background, I kind of want to get into where I've landed as the the praise question. Uh, and I don't know if you have been checking in on these show notes throughout the week, but this has changed like every other day I've gone in and I've tweaked it. And so this is a living document. So I'm just going to read this as to where I have it at the point where I'm reading it and it may change. Uh, Hey, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, does the song exalt and or magnify the person name and or word of God for who he is, what he has done and or what he will do through adoration, blessing and or thanksgiving. Believe it or not, I actually cut uh, (laughs) from this uh, as I was editing. It was, uh, I've shifted it, I've added, I've cut, I've moved things around and this is where I've landed. And it's, uh, there are 11 items on this particular list and we are going to get through the first eight in in this episode that is my goal um and then in the, in the either the next episode or the episode following that one we'll get into those those last three um yeah the adoration blessing and thanksgiving yeah the adoration blessing mm-hmm. and thanksgiving um mostly because as when we when i first started this idea of the psalm model i had thanksgiving as its own category and uh the more that i've read the psalms and that i've gone through this i have uh I, I it needs to be lumped in with praise but i also added the idea of blessing into it and then adoration is a more general uh, praise and uh and i'm kind of using these words especially the word adoration that was the one that was most recently added in i'm probably going to keep it in there but i might switch to a more even a more general word if i find one that's better but first I wanted to talk about the uh, the words exalt and magnify. These are two of very very many different words that you can they can use here, and so it is very possible that you could add in all sorts of words into this particular part. Extol was one, uh, glorify, um, you know, honor, laud. Some there's some other words that go into this, but I wanted to pull out specifically exalt and magnify. Um, in Psalm 34, three, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So that's probably the most perfect verse to explain these. Um, these are two words that, um, kind of take two perspectives to end at the same thing. When you exalt something or when you magnify something, you end with the same result of, more people can see it from further away. So when you exalt something, it's like you're lifting it into the air. You're you're raising it up. And so if you think of like the Jumbotron, uh, the Jumbotron is, it's high up in the air. And so everyone can see it, but it's also very big. It has been magnified. And so more people can see it. And so when you think of those, those things, you you, kind of think of this idea of the fame of the Lord spreading, you know, his, his praise is spreading to the end of the earth. More people can see him when he is exalted and when he is magnified. Um, But these two ideas, they, that's not all that they do. Uh, When you exalt something, you are lifting it up, but that action of lifting it up 
It's a very humble action. It is declaring that this person is greater than I am. I'm lifting him up on my shoulders. This means that I am placing myself kind of like at their, as their footstool, or I am, you know, placing myself in this position of humility before them by raising them up. And, uh, and so that's a very important element into this and it's, it's intentional. Um, uh, also to magnify something, it doesn't just mean to make it bigger. Uh, it also, you're kind of like picking out the details when you, when you magnify something up, you can kind of focus on these details and you're able to paint a more complete picture of who God is based on amplifying, um, the smaller parts and not just staying on the surface level. So these ideas of, of ex exaltation and magnification are, um, they're ways to spread the fame of, of Jesus to the end of the earth, but also to honor him and to put myself in a submissive position and also to focus not just on the surface level, but on the details of, of who God is and what he has done. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of John Piper. Um, he said a few words about this uh, at one point in time about magnifying isn't just like with a microscope and making it you know, making more of it than there actually is. Uh, I liked how you said it, like bringing out the details. Um, Piper kind of alluded to a telescope, um, uh -huh. which was in order to kind of bring these uh, amazing galaxies closer to us so that we could uh, see them. And um, it's not making it greater, uh, but what it is is making it, uh, more visible, kind of like what you right. were saying there. So, yeah, I thought that was, uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. And so my, my reasoning for only choosing two words in, with, within this like plethora of different words you can choose, it's kind of like a thought exercise. You know, these are two different approaches. These are the two ones that I think are the most obvious, which is why I chose them. But um, like extol means to, to praise like maxed out. Like if I'm extolling, then I am praising with everything that I have. And, uh, or if I'm glorifying, you know, I am, you know, reflecting the glory of God back onto God, you know, in, uh, so there's these different words. And so I, I challenge when you see words like that, like these very much like these praising words kind of see how does this make God great? You know, how does this make God's fame spread to the earth and what else does it do? And so that's, that's kind of why I just chose two because it would, you could definitely uh, add more and make this more complicated, but I already have 11 things on this list and we need to get through six more of them. Uh, <laughs> reason enough. Reason enough. So the next one is uh, the person of God. You know, does it magnify or exalt, you know, the person of God? Um, I'm not going to focus too much on one examples in this one because just about every psalm that has an element of praise focuses on the person of God. Um, you know, most of the psalms praise God directly, uh, but most of them also will praise His name or His word or His law. And uh, so, I want to get into those other things like the the name and, and the word and kind of focus on on those more. Uh, uh, it's 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 Praising the person of God is is a lot more self-explanatory. I'm praising God. That's praising his person, and that's what I meant by that. 
Um, so I do want to go on to praising the name of the Lord. Uh, it, it might sound weird. Why are you praising his name um, instead of praising him? Um, I wanted to read some notable psalms. Uh, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Uh, that's Psalm 20, verse 7. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. That is Psalm 13, 1, 2, and 3. And then, uh, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. That's Psalm 115, 1. I, I trust that most people have heard all three of those psalms before, and I don't know if you have you know thought much about that before. Like, oh wait, you know we we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Clearly, we're trusting in God. Like, clearly, I'm not trusting in chariots. I'm not trusting in horses. I'm trusting in God. So why does it say uh, the name of the Lord our God? And uh, you know, the name of the Lord is a specific aspect that is representative of the authority of God. Much like the wax seal of a letter carries with it the authority of the sender, invoking or praising the name of the Lord is glorifying his authority. His name also refers to his reputation or his fame, and praising his name refers to the spreading of his reputation. Uh, so just like this idea of, of exalting and magnifying, when I'm praising his name, or when I'm trusting in his name, that's uh, I'm trusting in the reputation, and I'm spreading that that reputation and that fame as I do it. Very good. Yeah, that's uh, interesting about what you say about the name of of the Lord. You don't think about praising, yeah, like a a name, but I, I suppose we praise different characteristics of God, and the name, like you said, does serve as kind of like that uh, that wax seal um, where. It carries all the authority and the weight. Um, it's it's like that. Um, it's almost a a, a synecdoche um, for for the Lord, um, in a way. Yeah, it is, and, uh, and 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 I find that interesting. In these these other verses, I mean, we've all heard from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Let the name of the Lord be praised. It's like an old child song, and then. Um, I think of not to us, and it was a Tomlin song, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Um, you know, the, we, we sing these songs, but you know, I, I don't think we think about it because we, we're, we're trained to think, um, obviously I'm talking about God. Like, obviously when I say the name of the Lord, I'm talking about God, but it goes, it does, it goes much deeper than just God. It does worship God, but it's worshiping his, his authority and it's acknowledging his authority. And, uh, and I think that that's, uh, it's important to keep in mind. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, uh, so the, the next section is the word of God. Um, and I want to read from Psalm 19, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Uh, I could read the entirety of Psalm 119, 
but I will um, I will pass on that tonight. We'll sa- <laughs> we'll save that for a, for a future season. All right. Hey, uh, that works. Yeah. So uh, both the first psalm and the longest psalm glorify the law of the Lord. Uh, the law refers to multiple things. Uh, the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, also known as the Pentateuch or the Torah, uh, the specific laws within those books, and the holiness of God that necessitates those laws uh, are a few of the things that, that we could be addressing when we say the law of the Lord. Um, another, when we're talking about the word, uh, would be the word that would one day become flesh. So when we rejoice in the word of the Lord, we are also rejoicing in Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Godhead. And, um, and so there are many, many, many instances in, in the Psalms where we rejoice in, in the law or, or we rejoice in his word. And, uh, and it kind of seems a little weird in today's day to uh to rejoice so heavily within like the the law of the lord i mean even rejoicing in the gospel of the lord and specifically talking about like the gospels of the lord uh, the printed word uh, it's, it sounds weird we don't we there's not too much in modern ccm that praises the reading of of the scripture um but i think there's a lot to be learned from that but also to keep in mind that uh, this idea of the holiness of God, you know, God's law is, uh, is his holiness. You know, his, his law is how we can become holy. Keeping his law is, or striving to keep his law even is this striving to be holy. Like he is holy, which he has commanded us to do. And, um, and so it is absolutely something that is to be praised, the holiness of God, the perfection of God, the, even the glory of God. And, and, and all of that is, uh, is encompassed in this idea of, of uh, praising him for his word. Yeah, that's um, something that even just personally, uh, I try to remember to thank God for is his word, uh, that God condescended to us. You know, he didn't need to give us uh, his word, his purpose is, you know, to glorify himself. Right. Um, and yet he did. He gave us his word so that we might know about him, uh, know uh, how to praise him, know how to approach him, and know uh, that uh, of our sin. Right. Um, and, and so um, I, I think that's, yeah, it's entirely appropriate to remember uh, God has spoken and he gave us a book and that is that that is a gift that is a providence of God yeah in fact we, we wouldn't be able to worship God rightly without his word because everything we know about God is what he has chosen to reveal about himself and uh, like when you are studying systematic theology um there are different kind of schools and thought on where you begin. And it's, do you begin with the theology of God or do you begin with the theology of the word of God? Because without the word of God, you can't even know God. So how can you study God and, and learn the theology of God before you, uh, before you dive into what he has revealed about himself in his word. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Westminster Confession of Faith begins with, not with who is God, but the Word of God. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's striking to me that they would begin there. But um, I, I think you're absolutely on to something there. Uh, that That is uh, very important. And without it, yeah, we would know nothing. Yeah, we'd be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, kind of moving on. Um, so those, uh, the, the person, the name, and the word of God, that's, that is the subject of our praise. Um, exalting and magnifying are kind of the tools used to praise. Uh, the person, the name, or the word is the subject of our praise. Um, and then who he is what he has done and what he will do, those are the reasons for praise. And so uh, kind of getting into this idea of, of, of who he is, you know, praising God for who he is. Um, in Psalm 18, two, it says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom, I, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And in Psalm 121.5, it says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Um, God has many attributes. Theologians have tried to classify them to the best of their human ability, but we know that God has many attributes that he shares with people. He also has many attributes that are unique to being God. The, the ones that he shares we call communicable and the ones that he uh, keeps to himself are incommunicable. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, but we do know that God is not uh, able to be fully knowable or classifiable. The only things that we know about God are what he has revealed about himself. Um, and he wants to be known. And so therefore he has revealed himself to us. And he has also given us uh, this idea of artistic language to be able to capture glimpses of him. And so there's some aspects of God that we just can't describe. We can't, uh, we don't have words to really help. Um, but we have a metaphor and we have simile and we can come up with these word pictures to help us get a glimpse of who God is. It, it's not complete but it uh, it helps us to know him just a little bit more. Like, God is not physically a rock. He is not physically a fortress. Um, he is not physically a shield or a horn. But when we think about what these are, and we relate God to what those are, and we know that we're fighting this spiritual battle, and we can take refuge in God, we can... We can take solace in him. He can protect us from the enemy. You know, when, when we know these things, we can use this artistic language to help us better understand who God is. And uh, I have here in, uh, in Shailen's introduction to his, uh, his album titled Doxology. Uh, Doxology was a follow-up album to his lyrical theology. Um, and I believe he may or may not still be working on the third album, which is called Sociology. But he released this uh, kind of, it was a trailer for the album that he ended up leaving in as track one. And it just says, 
theology is the study of God, and it's very important. Doxology is an expression of praise to God. So the point here is that all theology should ultimately lead to doxology. If theology doesn't lead to doxology, then we've actually missed the point of theology. So if you have theology without doxology, you just have dead, cold orthodoxy, which is horrible, right? On the other side, we have people who say, ugh, forget theology, I just want to praise, right? But if we have doxology without theology, we actually have idolatry, because it's just a random expression of praise, but it's not actually informed by the truth of who God is. So God is concerned with both. He's concerned with an accurate understanding of him, and that accurate understanding of him leads to a response of praise, adoration, and worship toward him. Um, understand, and that, that's the end of his quote. Uh, understanding who God is is the crux of theology. So praising God for who he is is the most natural thing that we can do. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, we're going through, uh, my wife, my son, and I, a, a theology course that is being taught by the pastor of our church up in Omaha. And he said a lot of these same things where our theology ought to lead to doxology. Um, you know, but uh, um, what I liked here is that it, it, it's both and, you know, it's not one without the other Um, because yeah, without that solid basis in theology, without that solid understanding, you know, we're uh, one of the things that he's making the point of is that we're all theologians. And so we better be a good one. And that's kind of what you get. If you just ignore the theology portion and just go forward with doxology, just kind of get, yeah, that, well, he calls it idolatry. And, I think that's right, um, but it's just sort of, you know, kind of like whatever theology the the world around you kind of has given you, which is no place to start. Better to have a firm foundation. Absolutely better to have a firm foundation. You know, I, I've I've absolutely heard people say, "I just want to praise." I mean, I've I've, I've absolutely heard that uh, that sentiment come through where people are like. You know, I don't really, I don't, I don't want to study theology. I just, I just want to praise. You know, why do I need to study theology when I can just praise God? Um, but yeah, if you're not praising God for who He is, then what are you actually praising? Something of your own making. Yeah, <laughs> and the, that's a, it's a really powerful, uh, it's a really powerful truth that we we must be fueling our praise with the understanding of of who God is. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of songs that just, that they don't focus on who God is. They just focus on, on the praise. And I think that that is probably one of the most critical areas when we're discerning music. That If there's not anything, if there's no reason to praise, if there's nothing about who God is, what he's done or what he will do, you need to ask, well, then why am I praising? Don't you just got to get your praise on? Yes, feeling can't be wrong. Just got to get my worship one. (laughs) 
if you're interested in that one, well, we'll have to dig out where we talked about that song in the show notes somewhere. But um, just gonna get way worshiping. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, it's I believe it's called "Beautiful Day" by Jamie Grace. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go find this then. Yeah, we'll put that sure. in the show notes, and please don't go and listen to it. It's awful. Um, I'll put our episode in where we talk about it. Yeah. Good luck. Um, so moving on from who God is to what he has done, uh, in Psalm 100 verse three, it says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Psalm 139, one and two says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Psalm 150 verse two, it says, Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Um, the very first song written and recorded in the Bible was a song rejoicing in the work of God. Uh, it's in Exodus 15 verse 1, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Uh, praise to God is almost always accompanied by a tribute to what God has done because experiencing God is the surest thing to remind us of his goodness and faithfulness. When we experience his work in our lives, our understanding of him grows and our praise deepens. So what you're saying there is it's a little bit more than getting our worship on. This is actually about more than a kind of superficial and I'm going to get into this in, in, in just a little bit, but um, Trumper Longman uh, pulls out that the, the praise in the scriptures isn't empty. It's not something that is just sort of a, a bland sort of declaration of God's love or, or God has done, you know, quote unquote, so much, you know, yeah. uh, it's actually very specific and it it drives down deep into the heart of God coming down into the midst of his covenant people. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we see here. You know, it's it's what he has done what um, and uh, what you're going to get into here, uh, what, what he will do. Yeah. And uh, so what he will do, uh, I've got a few uh, passages pulled up. In Psalm 2, 7 to 9, it says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And then in Psalm 110, 5 through 7, it says, The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Um, Both of those are um, like end of days prophecies. Uh, They are directly about who Jesus is as the second person of the Trinity. And, um, and they are, um, 
they are things that have come to pass in some sense and will come to pass in other senses. And, and so I kind of wanted to talk about those two in particular because of, of those connections. But similar to praising God for, for what he has done, we look to his yet-to-be-fulfilled pr- promises. And, uh, and we long for his goodness and faithfulness to shine forth. Some interesting aspects of these yet-to-be-fulfilled psalms from the Old Testament is that most have been fulfilled by Christ in the context of the New Testament. Uh, but we are given the model of calling upon the Lord to fulfill his other promises, especially those made by Christ. Um, in our lament episode, we, we talked about, uh, uh, Psalm 137, where it says, you know, blessed be those who dash their infants on the rock. Um, and that was a, a prophecy of, you know, what God will do. It was looking forward to God fulfilling his promises, but that promise has already been fulfilled. So that is, Mm -hmm. so when that was written, that was a what he will do. But as we read it today, it is a what he has done. And so many of the prophecies, many of the Psalms that are uh, looking forward to what God will do, as we read them today, we see that God has done them. These two in particular that I read are ones that we still look forward to. But we, we are given that model. We can We can write songs looking forward to Revelation 22. We can look forward to to those elements, and we can write music about those because of the model in the Psalms about writing about what he will do. Yes, uh, that is, uh, you know, a very important component of the Psalms. Uh, one of, some of the Psalms that I uh, picked out about that, like, um, and I'm going to share this a little bit later too, but Psalm 98 is all about God's deliverance and um not only do we look back to God's deliverance of us, but we look forward to his deliverance um, uh, of us. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're to, in Psalm 98, um, the Lord has made known his salvation and he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Well, obviously, you know, we, we are saved now, which is, wonderful but there is a a sense that the this will be completed uh you know in the sight of all nations on into the future yeah um and uh, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our god you know and we see that imagery picked up again in revelation where we see all the the nations of the world coming into the the great city of god um so anyway i just wanted to throw that one yeah there. and uh, and also i think of like philippians 2 uh, mm. We think, you know, therefore God has exalted him and has given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, um, you know, we, we, even then, a lot of scholars believe that that was a song, that was a hymn that the first church sang. Um, and uh, and so we, we get that idea of praising God for what he will do. Um, and that kind of... Uh, that kind of wraps up those first eight, uh, you know, those those first eight uh, items on the list. I do want to go very briefly into um, the last three: adoration, blessing, and thanksgiving. These are ways that we praise God. So we have our tools for praising God. We have our subject of praise. We have our reason for praise, 
And then we have our, our ways of, of praising. Um, adoration is, is more of a general term. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I, I may change that word. Um, it's actually interesting. That's a word that gets used a lot, but it's not in the Bible at all. It's, I guess, similar to Trinity. Um, the idea of, of, ador- of adoring Christ is not an actual biblical word. Um, so you won't find a psalm that says, come, let's adore him. But we do have uh, in Psalm 103, verse 1, we have, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we have this idea of blessing the Lord, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I remember someone a long time ago telling me, you know, I guess not really thinking about the context of, of this, but I mentioned something about blessing the Lord and, and they were like, why would you bless the Lord? The Lord blesses you. Um, but it's in the scripture. And so we're going to dive into that uh, in future episode. Uh, and then the nice. idea of Thanksgiving, which uh, will probably be about the week, maybe the week after Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, though uh, it might be a week or so after that, all depending on, certain events that may or may not come to pass. Um, but Psalm 136, one, I've already kind of talked about this one before, but give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Uh, the concepts of blessing and Thanksgiving have really jumped out at me as I've studied through the Psalms, uh, this past week, I I've struggled as to how I want to classify them, but ultimately I think that they need to fall under ways to praise along with adoration, which is that more general term. Um, both of these types of praise are seen throughout the Psalms and, uh, and they are significant enough to warrant their own episode. So for now, I'm just going to stick that pen and that thought and I will return to it in a, in a future episode. And now I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, you are the one who's actually done the, research into uh into some of this so i'll well, uh, let you explain yeah sure i mean one of the things as we're going through here it's you know we're, we're sort of traversing different genres of the psalms right last time we looked at lament um as a genre and today we're looking at uh praise as a genre yeah and uh Trumper Longman, who I used last time, he wrote this great little book called How to Read the Psalms. Fantastic entry level kind of kind of introduction to uh, to reading the Psalms and to understanding genre, because when you're understanding that genre, you're able to understand the context, the framing uh, in which the Psalm is written. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of those, uh, you know, the first one he actually mentions is is the hymn or, or praise structure. You know, uh, this all comes from, uh, this isn't important, but like form criticism, uh, things like that. I think were the, some of the, fir- the form criticists, criticisms were the first to kind of start breaking these psalms apart into different, um, different genres. But uh, don't quote me on that. Anyway. Don't quote me on thing. that, Grant Baker. Yeah, that, that that was a signal to you. Maybe we should cut that part out. Nah. <laughs> so, though there are many different types of hymns, almost all of them uh, kind of share the same basic structure, right? And 
you were getting into this uh, a little bit too, but hymns, they begin with a call to worship, they end with a call to worship, and in the middle, there is uh, this expanding on the reasons why God ought to be praised. Um, and so that call to worship is very easy to see. Uh, Brian, you were mentioning it a little bit earlier, but you know the, the kids' song like, Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Which I always thought was praise ye, praise ye <laughs> the Lord. Uh, but, you know, that it's the same thing in um, in uh, the Hebrew and the English, but it's this command uh, to praise the Lord. And usually you see this in like a call to the, the worshipers, you know, the gathered uh, congregation to worship the Lord. But there are sometimes, like in uh, Psalm 103, which you just shared above, where um, the psalmist is actually telling himself to praise. Yeah. Um, uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So again, it's that call back to uh, himself to um, to actually be the, the, the worship there. Now, the psalm, the, these often begin and end. I mean, a, a very clear example of that is obviously Psalm 8. It begins, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And then it closes again, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, again, that's like a really clear example. Also, that chiastic structure, yeah. uh, which I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about before. A little bit, yeah. But uh, you, you, you're you beginning and ending, but in the middle are these reasons for praise. And, you know, I don't know, Brian, if your wife ever says this to you, but my wife can get pretty agitated if you just, you know, uh, say something that's a little trite, a little abstract, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, why are you saying that? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And and uh, obviously our relationship to God is, is completely uh, separate, but although we've been given marriage to say, as is a, a imperfect picture, but um, the psalmists aren't praising God for something that is trite or abstract, but rich and real. God has entered into that individual or corporate lives of his covenant people. And you can tell this part by the word uh, because or for. So um, in Psalm 92, Verse one, it says, it is good to praise the Lord. Okay. Mm -hmm. Verse four, for you made, make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. So when you're, you're, you're worshiping um, God through song, uh, singing the Psalms or reading, uh, reading the Psalms, things like that, uh, it's a great clue to uh, begin to meditate on well, why is it that we? it's good to praise the Lord? Why is it that we ought to um, glorify his name or, or things like that, that you were mentioning up above? Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times the psalmist is very clear in um, helping us understand, well, it's because of this or it's for this. Uh, Psalm 96, verse 1 and 5, sing to the Lord a new song, uh, verse 5, for all the gods of the nations are idols but the Lord made the heavens. So there, you know, we see contrasting fake gods with the real God. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a reason to praise. So, you know, these are both reasons to praise. This is uh, things to meditate on as you're going through uh, the Psalms um, as well. 
So sometimes this also divides up a little bit more, right? Yeah. So Psalm 19, you're uh, showing, uh, reading that a little bit earlier, but it's praising God for being the creator. Psalm 47 praises God as king. Um, there's a whole other genre, um, like the kingship psalms. Yeah. Uh, and so those are praising God as king. Uh, there's also like the Zion songs, uh, and they don't, you know, the Mount Zion wasn't anything spectacular to look at, but what is important about it is that that was the mount on which the temple was. That is where God chose to live, you know, visibly mm-hmm. among his covenant people, um, visibly as in, you know, the, the rites and the rituals, the, 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 uh, of the cultic practice of, 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 of Israel. Um, and, uh, I, I think it was, uh, one of the reform forum podcasts, uh, but you know, it's like God smacking them in the face. Like this is, you know, this is worship, you know, this is very pictorial for you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, back in the old Testament times before, uh, we had Christ, um, and, uh, now today. Psalm 48 is a great example of that. Verses 1 through 2 read, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, in the city of the great king. Uh, and again, that's Psalm 48, 1 through 2 in the ESV. Um, and then I was alluding to this earlier, but Psalm 98 uh, the psalms also praise God for deliverance of his people um, yeah. is another way that they sometimes break down. Um, and again, uh, you were pulling uh, pulling that out too when we were talking about adoration, blessing, thanksgiving. Um, and uh, this too is a way that we can look back on um, God as our, um, uh, as the one who, who delivered us. Um, yeah. You know, Psalm 136 uh, that you were talking about, how that takes you through the Exodus mm-hmm. uh, and um, that points forward to Jesus when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration talking about his Exodus, and which gives us great confidence that uh, when we die, um, we also will go through that same Exodus, that bringing us through the waters. Um First Peter three alludes to that, um, bringing us through the waters. Um, and but how can we have confidence? Because Jesus has been there before this, yeah. uh, and, and Psalm one thirty six remembers this in, in a way um, uh, through the picture of the Red Sea Exodus. Uh, anyway, uh, those are just some some little notes about uh, the praise or hymn genre. Uh, in the Psalms that I found um, especially helpful as we kind of think about uh, how how uh, to model uh, a, a song after after the Psalms. Absolutely, yeah. And um, and that, and as I've mentioned before, you know there are songs that are really popular that don't follow this model, but there are songs that are popular that that do. And and I'm going to mention one that I find just as an annoying song that I probably wouldn't ever <laughs> sing, but Waymaker. Um, oh yeah. I mean, that's uh-huh. just the, the whole song is, it's just listing different attributes of God. Uh, uh-huh. Chainbreaker in a very similar sense says the same thing as well. Um, you know, they're, they're praising God for who he is and specifically for what he has done. 
But then uh, I know that we've talked before about Raise a Hallelujah. It's absent. Like Raise a mm-hmm. Hallelujah is like the epitome of the man. I just want to praise. It's just right. You just listen to me. A praise. melody is my my my, my, my weapon is weapon. a melody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, it dude. <laughs> it's like I, f- I forgot to mention Jesus. Um, my my kids have really been into the worship song song lately. I love the worship song song. Yeah. Have you seen the worship song song, uh, the the unplugged version? Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we listened to that one today. We listened to the instrumental version. We just all sang it. But um, that's hilarious. Yeah, I was listening to the instrumental version because the the original version, uh, the the ending, it says you know sloppy sloppy kisses. I'm singing passionate. Uh, <laughs> in the unplugged, I what that could be referring to. Well, I mean, in the unplugged version, it says unforeseen kisses. <laughs> I never noticed that. So uh, oh. yeah, I, I noticed that the other day. Oh my word, that is so priceless. Yeah. I was like, what? It just, it said unforeseen kisses. I just, I died laughing. My kids are like, I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's fantastic. Uh, I love the Christian bubble. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. He's been putting out some more videos lately, uh, much to the, to the joy of um, Christians everywhere. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of them on Spotify, and it's it's interesting. I stumbled upon his VeggieTales remix video when it first came mm-hmm. out. It was just hilarious, and mm-hmm. then um, and then my one of my sisters in law sent me the um, "But It's Sunday" mm-hmm. video, and then you sent me the worship song song, and I was like, "This is like three people that like I've been introduced to this guy by multiple different avenues," so. Um, I tried listening to his podcast. It's literally just him giggling with his friend. And it's, like <laughs> I, could, I could not get through an episode of his podcast. Oh, oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, we subscribe to him on YouTube for sure. And, um, all our family has a weekly YouTube night on Friday nights. And mm-hmm. so I will often put, you know, one of his uh, videos in there. Um, yeah. Homeschool just, ballad is, is a big one at our, at our house as well. <laughs> uh, it may be, well, I mean, we're essentially homeschooling now, but we may like uh, go more towards that. Um, I recommend it. Weeks. I recommend okay. it. Okay. Well, all right. So um, kind of moving forward. Okay. Um, so I've mentioned in past episodes, I kind of gave a, a, a hint as to what the Psalm model will look like. Um, and it has changed a lot since, uh, since I said that. So I just kind of want to give an update as to where, where it all kind of is. Um, so along with the changes that we've made concerning Thanksgiving and blessing, uh, we're also changing um, the idea of petition to also include supplication. Um, both of those are like churchy words that you may say, I don't know the difference between petition and, and supplication. And kind of to my understanding, petition would be asking God for help or asking him to do something that I can't do. Like if you were to sign a petition, it would be to request the government to do something in their authority that you don't have the power to do. Whereas supplication is re- is requesting something from God for him to supply your needs. 
uh, supplication and supply have the same root word. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's, huh. that's kind of the the idea of, of of adding both of those. So, requesting God to do something or to give you something that you need. Um, and so, I, I want to do a, a full episode on on those together: the petition and supplication. Um, also, uh, we like back in the very beginning when I had. Uh, in the the questionnaire 101, I had this uh, question about call to action, and you talked about this as well uh, in your uh, in your review where it talks about you know, how the Psalms almost always call someone else to praise or mm-hmm. call myself to praise. We had this sure. idea of, of the the call to action, and, and that question was: Does the song call the listener to doxology, mission, or fellowship? Uh-huh. And I'm probably going to edit that, and, and I'm going to revisit that question and, and try to fit it even more closely into this psalm model. But um, as I'm moving things around on the questionnaire list and as I'm kind of making things more clear, uh, that call to action really, really fits within the psalm model. So we're going to do an episode on that one um, a lot more sooner than originally because on our original document of scheduled episodes we were going to talk about it in like five years from now so uh <laughs> so that's getting, i've forgotten all those by now yeah yeah so that one's that one's going to get uh moved to the front of the line um okay yeah originally Upgrade. like season six was going to be all about or either either season six or season seven was going to be about this call to action but mm-hmm. we're going to uh we're gonna we're gonna move it up to the front of the line um, nice. Yeah. So that's kind of just some updates on this is what we can look forward to in the coming episodes. Um, the next episode will either be delayed heavily <gasps> due to moving and stuff like that, or, uh, will be on schedule, but won't actually be one of these episodes we're talking about. So this, uh, so the next episode, the one about Thanksgiving, um, blessing and adoration it's probably going to be about four weeks from when this one airs so it's going to be a little bit after thanksgiving i don't don't think we can we can swing it um but i have been in contact with with someone uh about a potential interview um i'm gonna it's it's a it's super hush hush it may or may not be jim briggs from the light of form of flogging um we're gonna we're gonna try to get an an interview recorded and see if if we can if we can swing it and if we do, we'll try to get that one published in. A, a so couple. by Jim Briggs, that's the code name for for um for for Michael W. Smith, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because oh, friend, because I wasn't supposed to say friends are friends forever. Friends are friends forever. They if are. the Lord's the Lord of them, yeah, um, friends will not say never. Uh, because mm. the welcome will never end, right? So it's hard to let right. you go. I'm really losing it. It's hard to let you. That was the class of 2000 Lake Worth Christian School um, class song. Mm. That was a very current song in 2000. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was kind of a little weird then, but whatever. It's right. I was more emotional then. Yeah, Ridgefield Christian School in Jonesboro, Arkansas, 2004 class song was um, Dare You to Move. Well, 
that's probably a better better song it actually is a really fantastic class song also we only had seven people in my class and it was it was either that or meant to live those are right the two, those and are the two songs nominated did did most people stay local um no no a couple of them did but not most of them oh, okay so they they did dare to move they did yes yes they did well excellent excellent it's another meaning of that song i yes john foreman is yeah widely uh it's in one of his interviews that you know nothing about i'm sure yeah i don't i don't follow him very close i know Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and i don't remember any of his songs (laughs) salt in a wound man salt in a wound yeah all right come to the end of another episode and so uh, as we close i just wanted to say praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here below praise him above ye heavenly host praise father son and holy ghost listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Um, you know, it would help if you had a pitch pipe or something, Brian. Okay. Ah. Ah. Amen. You gonna do it again? 
Yeah, better. We better. Let's get a good one in there. I mean, all right. Oh man, come on. I, man, you're so perfect. Like, can we maybe do like a little bit more of a sevenfold, fourfold on that? You know, like, yeah. How about okay, I go, all right. How about I go, all right. Okay. All right. And I'll just go, oh, man. Okay. And be like that fake basso profundo. All right. <laughs> 